Welcome to Double Fries No Slaw. It is a Thursday night preview show. Uh, last one until maybe we make a bowl game. We'll see if that can happen or not. But uh, TJ Pittenger alongside Freddie Stevenson and Richie Barnes. How you gentlemen doing tonight? Good, man. It's always good to be with the team doing our thing on the hottest podcast. And it's good to be back, man. Hey, it's good to be back with you guys, man. How, how you doing, Richie? Yeah, man, I, I'm feeling good. You know, we got a the basketball team got a big win over Georgia Tech a couple nights ago. And, you know, we got UCF on the horizon. And, you know, we might play a football game this weekend. I feel like we have to say might every single week at this point because nobody knows. Ohio State's done again, it seems. Um, but, yeah, I'm excited to be here with you all and talk some Florida State sports. So uh, let's get this thing rolling. Yeah, no, definitely exciting. I like Richie's office background. We are um, a week away from Christmas, I guess a week and a day. Uh, Christmas is next week. So um, I'm sure we're getting some Christmas shenanigans at some point, either tonight or, or next week. Uh, Double Fries No Slaw brought to you by Guthrie's in Tallahassee. Not a better meal that you can have for your Christmas dinner than a gut box. Um, make sure you order that thing with Double Fries and No Slaw, 1818 West Tennessee Street and 2550 North Monroe. I, uh, my willpower was strong. I drove by Guthrie's again to both locations in Tallahassee yesterday. Freddie and I went up for National Signing Day, and uh, my willpower was strong. I didn't have any of those cookies. that <laughs> Almost out too, TJ. I was looking at <laughs> <Bro. down. laughs> I, I saw, saw that. that yeah, we uh, they had like the whole spread out and stuff like that. I mean, Greg Jones was just absolutely pounding the chocolate chip cookies and stuff. And Freddie and I stayed strong. Freddie grabbed some peanuts and I got like a Diet Coke and left out of there before before the temptation overtook me. But it was close. I was close, man, because I was like, ah, nobody's even going to see me eat these cookies. But they look good. Freddie stole him one of those little those little speaking of signing day, one of those little graphics things, like it was the actual backyard football. Looked like the case that the game would have been in, and it was the Jameis one. I was like, "Dang!" Oh, they had they had like three out right before I grabbed that one. So when you asked for them, I'm like, "Dang, where'd they go?" I know. I was Freddie grabbed it, and I was like, "Well, Freddie's taking one. I'm taking one." Like nobody's gonna say anything, and then I'm like looking all around. I don't know who grabbed them, but they were gone. Alive. I told I told our contact up there that if she could find one to send me one because I was definitely I was definitely jealous for a minute. Um, and then also too, I don't know if you guys can see my hat. I don't know if if uh, Freddie's got his turned around right now, but we have a double fries hat that just hit the merchandise store. Really cool. Um, you can go to big3rollup.com and then just right on the front page is all the merchandise. You can also hit shop. It's the only hat on there. Um, we've got hats, hoodies, uh, t-shirts. I printed out a polo and it came out really, really nice. I like to print stuff out and get it before uh, I put stuff on there to make sure that it looks good. But um, you can go to big3rollup.com and check out the different merchandise there. Um, National Signing Day yesterday. I know we don't get really, really heavy into the recruiting, um, but Florida State took a class of 16, um, trying to sign nine more before signing period is officially over in February. Um, Richie, I, I don't know how deep you got into this. Obviously, the class is highlighted by Mackenzie Milton transferring from UCF, but any quick thoughts on, uh, on signing day? Yeah, so, you, you know, you saw a lot of people today talking about being ranked number 31 overall. Don't get too caught up into that because this is a very unique class. You know, our our, 20, our two deep last week, we had 75% freshmen and sophomores. We need people that can help us now, not developmental players. 
So Florida State, they can take up to 25 people this year, but that includes transfers. Uh, so grad transfers, anyone from the portal, whatever that may look like. So, you know, 15, 16, that's kind of where they wanted to land at. And unless, a, you know, a first day contributor called and said, hey, I want to end this class, they're not looking for that. They are, Mike Norvell, the staff, they are looking to get nine or 10 from the portal this year uh, because they know they need, they need help right now. So if you looked at the player average ranking not the class ranking overall florida state's in the top 20 uh still not great for florida state standards but definitely not 31 so that again we need to wait till february really until fall camp to see what we do in the transfer portal until we can grade this class because i think mike norvell went into it thinking i want to get all the high school help i can get but i also know i need you know, 40% of this class be transfers. So that's, that's kind of where we're at right now. So it's definitely not, don't, don't jump off the ledge. Um, it was a solid class with some solid pieces, definitely not championship caliber, but with the transfer portal, kind of like what Miami did this year, that's where Mike Norvell is going to live. Um, Freddie, what do you think about the class from what you saw? Yeah, I was, we were in there watching the film on some of the guys. I didn't really know what to expect, but we got some guys that I feel like can come in if they develop them, they come in and make a splash. I was looking at the guy, um, Shumbray Jackson, like well, his size, his size, like he's extremely nimble, um, can change direction, can bend. If they get their hands on him and um, another guy I was looking at was Rod Orr. He's, he's raw, completely raw, but his physical ability is through the roof. So if Coach Atkins gets his hands on him and develops him like he's done the rest of his group, that guy can turn into a monster. Got a few other guys. Um, the guy from Katy, Texas, forgot his name. He's a baller. I like the receiver. Um, Burrell, his size, man, if he can put everything together, having that size, that would be big because he can run. Um, I think that – and he looks like he likes the block from the film I've seen. And there's a few other guys that stood out to me, having those guys off the edge. Again, George Wilson was major. I liked him. Yeah. Um, Peyton from Northwestern. That length, I think that's that's major for us. Two guys that are extremely athletic, and combine that with Jackson. I'm I'm big on that guy, um, Shumbray Jackson. Just seeing him at that size, being able to move, um, I'm excited about him. So we'll see what he does when he, when he gets in. Awesome, awesome. We'll talk a little bit more signing day um, and a few other things revolving around Florida State shortly. Um, as of right now, we just added a guest to the party. We have. The Athletics' own Andy Staples. Andy, how are you doing tonight? What's up, man? Oh, it is... I am not on video. What am I doing here? Sorry. There you go, guys. Some people don't. Some people don't come on video anyway. They're just like, ah, I don't want to. You know, I don't want to be on here. I don't want people to see me. So, with a face no, like that, I, I have to do okay. my own podcast on video now. So it's just, it's all set up. We're good to go. Perfect. Well, you look great. Um, I don't know if that's what you wanted to hear coming on or not, but <laughs> this football season's winding down. You try. Right? football season's winding down we uh knock on wood we basically made it right didn't have as many cancellations yeah. as, as uh you know or important cancellations um maybe the biggest game that got canceled was liberty and coastal right <laughs> like if you if you really and then it was like, replaced with byu and coastal and i'm okay with that yeah I so i would have enjoyed a and Ole miss i think that's probably the one that i wanted to see that didn't happen yeah uh, so let's start right there. I uh, I spoke with I know you know Allie. I spoke with Allie for a while mm -hmm. last night. We were talking about. Um, I heard it got a little heated. It got a little bit heated. I was drinking, so you know it was late at night, and I was tired, and I had been driving all day. So anyway, um, let's start right there. What are your thoughts on 
Florida this weekend against Alabama, and then is does Florida get in with a win? And whether they do or not, do they deserve to get in with a win over AM and all like just give me the whole Florida breakdown from your point of view. I, I don't know if that LSU loss is forgivable because that's one of those where they should have won that game walking away. It should have been easy. And I just I did not like the way they came out. It was clear they didn't take them seriously. And listen, a team like LSU, as wounded as they were, with as many players as they were missing, LSU's always got to have dudes. And the thing is, if you, if you catch them in a point where they're galvanized because they have been through all this crap, then there's a chance that if they do everything exactly right, they might be able to beat you. And that's exactly what happened. And, and Florida did not defend against that. And I think, I, I don't know that you can forgive them for that. However, I think if you're the committee and you've just seen them beat Alabama, you may feel a bit differently. And I think the emotion of that and watching them, because we've seen Alabama just crush people all year. And I think here's where, here's where it gets really interesting. So let's say A&M beats Tennessee. And let's say that, that Alabama and Florida play and Florida wins. Now you have a situation where Alabama has not just beaten Texas A&M, but crushed Texas A&M. Texas A&M has beaten Florida, and Florida has beaten Alabama. It's kind of similar to the 08 Big 12 South with Texas and Oklahoma and Texas Tech. Now, the difference was they all had the same record. And Florida will have one more loss than the other two. And again, I, it's an unforgivable type loss. It's not like they lost to the best team on their schedule. So my question is what, what happens? And my guess is the committee will just take whoever, whichever two they think are the best. And I think in that situation, they'll probably pick Alabama and Florida because they think Alabama is really the best and Florida will have just beaten Alabama. So I think that's where they would, where they would arrive. Now, is that going to happen? I, I doubt it. I, I, Florida beating Alabama feels like a pretty big stretch after what we saw last weekend. Yeah, no, I agree. I just think that if, and this was my argument to Allie, and she basically just said the same thing that you did, um, but from a very much more, you know, orange and blue goggle lens. Right. Uh, my argument was then essentially we've, we've devalued the, the A&M Florida game and just said that it is completely unimportant. If, if, if Alabama, if that, if that Florida lost to A&M just then. Well, but, but, but if you, if you, if you pick A&M over Florida, then you've also devalued the, the Florida win against Alabama. Yeah. I, That's the flip so, side of that argument. So I guess the question would then become the hypothetical Florida win against Alabama. Right. What's more important, your record against a common opponent or just your head to head? Like on any given side, like, I, and I think I but, would always lean head to head. Remember, Al, there's a third party in this argument, and that's Alabama. Yeah. Alabama beat Texas A&M by 28. Yeah. I think Florida's a I do think that Florida is a better team than AM right now. Um, but the results on the I'm field not have sure. to I mean, think I, I think I think that game was pretty accurate. Yeah. They were really close. AM gets that fumble right at the end, milks the clock down and kicks the field goal. They were three points apart. Felt like they were three points apart the entire game. Uh, felt like if the ball bounces differently, then Florida wins by three. But it yeah. didn't feel like they were very different at all. Yeah. So in that SEC championship game, obviously the whole world's picking Alabama. What does Florida have to do? And 
you know, what, what percent chance do you give them of, you know, pulling the upset? They've got a high powered offense, which is Alabama struggled with that in the past. And I think that's what makes this interesting is, you know, Florida has guys in the skill positions on the outside specifically that match up well with Alabama, that, that, that match up well with anybody. I mean, Kyle Pitts is fantastic. He's probably the best tight end in America. Uh, the fact that they've got Trevon Grimes and Justin Shorter and Jacob Copeland to throw the ball to, uh, most teams would take that as a receiving core. But then you throw Kadarius Tony on top of that. And I think he's kind of grown by leaps and bounds this year. This is the year I think they always thought Kadarius Tony could have, but they weren't sure if it was ever going to happen. And, you know, he's that guy that you can even line him up in the backfield and hand him the ball if you, if you want to. They actually did that against LSU and it worked. Uh, but he's been much better this year at just getting open within the flow of the offense. And so they've got some guys that are very tough matchups. The, the thing I would worry about with them against Alabama is if Alabama were to take a lead, let's say Alabama scores quick, gets a stop, scores again, Alabama can suddenly start taking possessions out of the game because Alabama has a great, great offensive line led by Florida State transfer Landon Dickerson. And they've got a, a pretty good defensive line too, this is where Florida doesn't measure up with them, both sides of the line of scrimmage. So what you'd need would be Florida having its best game ever on the offensive line. I mean, uh, you know, I, I, I go back to that national championship game between Alabama and Clemson a couple of years ago where we thought Alabama was just going to roll over them and Clemson ended up destroying Alabama. One of the big reasons for that is Clemson's offensive line played the best game it had played all year. And we'd never seen them play like that before. And nobody expected them to play like that. So if you get that game out of Florida's offensive line, then maybe you got a shot. But I don't know that I would expect that. I, I would more expect that if Alabama gets a lead, they'll start running the ball. They'll try to hog clock, make sure the ball isn't in Kyle Trask's hand that much. And that's kind of what it felt like LSU did. You know, they Florida had that run there in the third quarter where it seemed like, as soon as Kyle Trask touched the ball, he was getting him in the end zone. And that's what they've been like most of the season. you got to get them out of that rhythm. You cannot let them get into that rhythm. And Alabama is equipped to keep them out of that rhythm because they do have a good offensive line. They have a really good back in Najee Harris. They've got a couple other good backs too. But uh, they, can, they can slow it down if they need to. But then also, let's say we flip it. Let's say Florida scores, gets a stop, scores again. If Alabama needs to, they can turn on the burners and get those points right back. And that's the difference is Alabama can play a couple different ways and beat you a couple different ways. And Florida can beat you one way. So Andy, let, let's move from uh, Atlanta, just a few hours North to Charlotte. And we, we got a great game that I'm really excited about the, the primer, the four o'clock Notre Dame and Clemson again in Charlotte um, Clemson favored by 10 and a half. That that's a big number. What do you see happening there? And if Notre Dame does pull the upset, that really throws a wrench into things because now one of our guaranteed spots that we all kind of thought is gone. But is it? That's that's the question. <laughs> let's let's think about this. And and nobody wants to hear this. And and no one is going to enjoy the bombardment of Dabo Sweeney on their television spouting <laughs> off the talking points for why a two-loss Clemson should get in over the other teams, but let's, let's talk about this. Honestly, let's, we, we have to figure out how to talk about a two loss Clemson with our children. 
right now. So <laughs> my six month old just came to me crying about Dabo's. Exactly. So here's the, here's my question to you guys. Two loss Clemson or one loss A&M two loss Clemson or two loss Iowa state two loss Clemson or two loss Oklahoma. Who's the best team of that? Who would you rather see playing against Alabama in, in the semifinal? I mean, as long as it's not a blowout to, to Notre Dame, as long as Notre Dame doesn't win by like 21, I'm taking Clemson over any of those teams. Like I'm taking Clemson over Iowa State, Oklahoma. AM probably has the best argument, I guess, because they only have the one loss. But um, I, I yeah, I'm think they Clemson. would put AM over Clemson in that situation, but I'm not sure. And look, they basically done everything else based on the eye test. Why not this? Why be inconsistent now? Why, 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 why make it about resume in that one decision when everything else seems to be pure eye test? That, so that's I, the part I don't quite get. So I, I have a clear bias, you know, being a Florida State fan who, who no. saw 2012 to 2014. I put A&M at that point because one loss, they, they did beat Florida. And I think we all agree if, if Florida doesn't fumble the ball there, they A&M probably loses that game. But that's how the game played out. The game um, happened. Yes. I, Otherwise, why play the games? That, exactly. And that was, I think, when you look at Iowa State's ranking at number six this week, when you look at where they put Louisiana relative to, to Iowa State, and Louisiana won that game, I want to say 31-14 mm-hmm. in Ames. Uh, when you look at where USC is, even though they're undefeated, where Georgia is having two losses, it, I mean, a lot of the things don't don't make a lot of sense. It's It's very inconsistent. And I think that's the part that, that frustrates people. I, I feel like people have been more frustrated by those rankings this year than in any other year. And, and I kind of expected that just because it was going to be a weird year. Nobody's playing non-conference games, but yeah, I mean, the games at some point do need to matter. And now I would argue if, if you've got Florida beating Alabama, that's also a game that matters. So that that's the, the question they'd have, but let, let's think about this though, guys. I mean, honestly, we, we, we always root for chaos going into these weeks, but wouldn't chalk give us a better playoff? Yes. I mean, <laughs> oh, let's, sure. let's say Clemson beats Notre Dame and Notre Dame drops to four. You pop Ohio State up to three. Alabama beats Florida. You got an Alabama Notre Dame semi. You got a Clemson Ohio State semi. Rematch from last year. He's not yeah. watching those. Yeah. No, and I agree with that. And that's my biggest. I mean, you know, this is a whole other debate for a whole other day, but that's my biggest fear with, you know, expansion is the. I want the best playoff possible. And what you just mentioned was the best playoff possible. If Florida's to win and Clemson blows out Notre Dame, and then you've got like Clemson, Florida first round, not that that would be terrible, but like, I don't well, know that well, I want to so see. So the 18 playoff though, you're getting Notre Dame A&M in the first round. Yeah. I'm okay yeah, with that. But then you're also getting Alabama, you know, Iowa state, right? That's fine. Or- Alabama earned an easy path to the semis by being the number one seed. Yeah. Um, I think six would be a good number because I just like the idea that buys. Um, but I see what you're saying. Buys like, would be good. Buys, buys would be something to play for in the regular season. Yeah. So the the other team that everyone hates right now um, in conference everyone else hates is is Ohio State, right? I mean, they they basically, for lack of better words, getting the Gainesville guy on here, got a shoe in for, for this spot <laughs> as well. Um, I, I have I have been practicing throwing shoes all day on various <laughs> podcasts. <so. laughs> um, 
I, well, before I ask you about the Ohio State, and then I know Freddie will take an FSU, and I'm going to get out of here, honey. But have you ever seen something that crazy? Like, obviously, the Ole Miss thing a couple of years ago was crazy, but, like, just not as impactful, right? Like, it didn't cost somebody, like, a potential Heisman, a potential playoff spot, and everything. Like, it cost the craziest. Probably two coaching staffs their jobs, but other than that, no. <laughs> Wait, real um, quick, real quick. Did you – I read that the Mississippi State player and Marco Wilson were high school teammates. Is that true? The, the Ole Miss, the Miss player. They're from the same town. <laughs> Okay. Yeah, that's, they are that's from the same town. Oh man, that's great. Yeah, so, Elijah Moore and Marco Wilson. <laughs> Ohio State very likely gets in. Will them not playing a full schedule matter? Will they be just as ready to go against Clemson or anybody else? That I don't think expect? it'll matter in terms of being prepared for Clemson. I, you know, they they won't have played anybody of that level, but I'm not sure they'd played anybody of that magnitude before they played Clemson last year. And that was a heck of a game. That's one of those, if you play that game 10 times, I think you get you get five Clemson wins and, and five Ohio State wins. You had the the really weird Sean Wade targeting penalty where by a letter of the rule it was targeting, but you knew he wasn't trying to do anything like that, but they kicked him out anyway. And, you know, it, it was it was a tough way for Ohio State to go out. And so, I, I again, if it winds up being chalk and it's Ohio State-Clemson in that semi – I kind of like that. I, I'm, I'm good with game. that. I, I wanted, wouldn't mind seeing them run it back from last year. Uh, you know, I, I don't have a problem with the number of games because my motto all season has been everybody's just doing the best they can. And while the Big Ten completely blew the whole decision-making process from start to finish, Ohio State wasn't at fault there. Ohio State was trying to get them to do the same thing that the ACC and the SEC and the Big 12 were doing the whole time. And so you're going to punish Ohio state when Ohio state was probably integral in getting the big 10 playing in the first place. Yeah. It's like people want to punish Ohio, uh, punish the big 10 by punishing Ohio state, you know, like, right. When, when the two, the two entities were diametrically opposed, right. When the big 10 postponed. We knew coming into the season that Florida state had a major culture issue and that had mm-hmm. to be changed. And, Coming into the season, a lot of guys nationally were big on Norville and they thought that he can get this thing turned around. We got a few guys that ended up leaving, opting out, transferring, and it seems like either he's cleaning things up or guys just aren't buying in. What's the thought process nationwide on Norville at the moment in the Florida State brand? I, I think the jury's out because I think people have, have realized – how bad the situation was. I, I'm like, for me going to the season, I thought, okay, they've still got some really good players on defense. They've got some NFL guys. They should be able to hang in there, have a functional offense. And, but then it, it, they never could quite get that together. Nothing ever seemed right. And, you know, I read the, the David Haley, Andrew Adelson story in ESPN and obviously knew quite a bit of that stuff already, but I, I thought that there were some things in there. I didn't know that was pretty eye opening, And, I realize there's there's a lot of work to do there. There's more work to do there than I thought. And the thing is, if you're going to do that, if you're going to do a total teardown, which is, I, I remember talking to Willie Taggart about this. And my question to him was, why didn't you do a teardown when you got there? And I'm going to side with Willie on that one because they had that APR issue and you could not flip the roster with an APR problem because you would have gotten banned from a bowl game. It would have been much harder to dig out because if you, if you chase off a bunch of guys and you have a a lot of turnover, 
then your APR is going to go down and it couldn't afford to go down any more than it already was. So I, I'm going to take Willie's side on that one and say what should have been done, the total teardown when Willie got there was impossible for him to do. And so you had these half measures being taken over and over and over again. And if you watch Breaking Bad, you know what happens when you, when you settle for half measures. So <laughs> that said, it seems like the, the teardown is happening now. And if you're going to do that, this is the year to do it because this will be the first year that undergrads are allowed to transfer and play right away at the new school. So there will be lots of guys who are looking for opportunities to play right now. Perhaps they're on really good teams and they, they just haven't gotten a chance to play yet, or they got somewhere and it was just a terrible fit for them and they want to try something else. If you choose wisely, you can put guys who are experienced and talented in key spots who are new and you can build a new culture very quickly because they're new. The freshmen are new. The new will outnumber the old. And let's be honest, the old wasn't getting it done. So my guess is there's not going to be a lot. Freddie, you, you played on teams where culture really mattered. I mean, I, I've, I've heard stories about that 2013 team, the, the meeting that y'all had over the summer where Telvin kind of jumped like three rows of seats and got up and, and started yelling at everybody and, and was basically holding everybody accountable. That hasn't been at Florida state in a long time. You know, they need their Telvin Smith. They need somebody like that. Cause I, I, Mike Norvell can say everything he wants. The coaching staff can say whatever they want until the players actually lead that. Nothing changes. Yeah, without a doubt, we always said on good teams, the coaches lead. On elite teams, the players lead. Um, but we all know this is a results-driven business. And right now, we're a three and six team. But at the end of the day, we know we know what the situation is as fans. We knew what he was coming into. Are there any positives that we can take away from finishing the season three and seven, or maybe four and six? Is there anything? There's no offense. Yeah. Getting getting to play, having a lot of the young guys playing and, and understanding what it feels like to win. That's why when when they gave them Duke, I was like, all right, this this is the ACC doing Florida State a solid. Let's because, go. <laughs> yeah, because it gives it, it gives those players a chance to understand what winning feels like. And I don't think it's one of those where it's a fake feeling or it's a cheap feeling of, of having one because they've been through hell this season. And, you know, they they, they know that. It's not easy to win, but it's still nice to get that feeling and not just get beaten down at the end of the season. So I don't know if they can beat Wake or not. Uh, you know, Wake has had occasional good games uh, like that North Carolina game. They were they were in it. And then North Carolina comes roaring back. By the way, I still can't believe Florida State beat North Carolina this year. That, that, that may be the most shocking result of the entire season. Neither can we back on it, but it happened. So there's a kernel of something there. It just it, it really will depend on who they bring in. You know, I think Mackenzie Milton is a great, great start. That's a dude who's a winner, who, who helped change the culture at a program at UCF. Now, I don't know if Mackenzie's going to be able to start. I don't know where he's at physically. But just having him there is a thing that can help that team. He's been through a lot of stuff. He's been through a similar situation. Uh, you know, McKenzie didn't play on the 0-12 team 
but he was a freshman right after that 0 12 team. So he he knows what it's like to go to a place where you know you're better than what the record says. You know the players are better than what the results say. You just got to figure out how to make that work. Yeah, I think that's a great point, Andy. You said what well, you just said, you know, that he didn't play on the 0 12 team, but he committed to that team that just went 0 12. He did. So so he bought into the rebuild that Scott Frost had. And he seems to be doing the same with Mike Norvell, which is awesome. Um, I have one last question that I'll let TJ and Freddie uh, close things up for us today. Tell me about Jim Phillips, man. Uh, I'm excited. It, it seems like a lot of people in the ACC world are really excited about our, our new uh, commissioner coming, uh, currently the athletic director at Northwestern. A lot of people thought he was going to be the guy to be the Big Ten commissioner. Then the, you know, last minute they went with Kevin Warren. So I, I feel like the ACC, we got lucky in this one. What do you know about him? I, I, what do you think it means I for the ACC? Did. Well, I mean, he's a guy who understands the the business of college sports, understands, you know, how how leagues should be run. He worked very closely with Jim Delaney for the time he was the commissioner of the Big Ten. And Delaney is, is one of the better commissioners that has worked in college sports. So I, I do think the ACC got lucky here because, you know, the, the Big Ten was very close to making Phillips its commissioner. And I think he would have been a really good Big Ten commissioner. But you know, he, he fits in the ACC just as well as he fit in the Big Ten. You know, he, he's been at a school that's similar to Duke and to Wake. So he understands where they're coming from. But you know, he's not one of those that says, well, this is, this is how I, this was my experience and I, this is how it's going to be. You know, he always worked very well with guys like Gene Smith, who Ohio state obviously is a very different beast than the Northwestern. So Ohio state is more like Clemson and more like Florida state. And so I think he understands how all this stuff works. And I think, you know, having someone who, who understands the ins and outs of the business is pretty important. And you saw why this summer, where Kevin Warren, who came from the NFL and, and I'm sure knows quite a bit about how the NFL works, just didn't quite grasp what the relationships were like in college football and made some bad decisions that could have been avoided, probably with a little more experience. So uh, I think that having Jim, having Jim Phillips there allows the ACC to just keep going. Now, the question is, can he get him a new TV deal? I don't know if that's possible. I, I've, I've always thought the only way to do that is if you get Notre Dame to join as a, as a football member as well. Notre Dame doesn't want to do that. But, you know, maybe maybe he can sweet talk Jack Swarbrick. He's, he's worked with Kevin White, who's the Duke AD, who used to be the Notre Dame AD. So maybe maybe they can work on that. But I, I do think he's, he's a, a very good choice for that job. Andy, I know you got to get out of here and we're up against the clock. Are you going to any bowl games this year? I know you came to Tampa several years for the Outback Bowl. Are you going anywhere? Or- just, I'm really going go to come sugar. to Tampa. I'm going to go to the Sugar, and I'm going to go to uh, to the national title game. That's that's about it. And you know, the problem this year is you you can't talk to anybody in person. You just, I I can get on the same like I'm not going to the SEC championship game, even though it's a big game, or the ACC championship game, even though it's a big game, because I can get on the same Zoom meeting from my couch as I could if I'm in the press box. Right. You know, if I can't go talk to people in person, it's hard to. Hard to justify with with the bigger games with like a semifinal game in the national championship game. There's a bunch of people there around the game, so you probably bump into some people and talk to some people. But I'll be real happy when everybody gets the vaccine and we can go interview people in person. And yeah. I'll hit the road hard then. That's that's when I'm gonna go find all the new restaurants. Yeah, no, I'm with it. Well, thanks so much for coming on. Thank you for 
Um, the shout out in the article that you did on the big three roll up. Thanks for the double fries. Oh, no problem. Double fries shout out. If you guys haven't checked that out, go to theathletic.com, search Andy Staples' work, and at least read that one. But there's some other good stuff in there too. So oh, T- Andy TJ, you had I think you may have had the best backstory of them all. And and um, everybody had a good backstory yeah, on Big my, Three Rollups. So. Yeah, I know. My wife was like, Oh yeah, I forgot about that. I was like, Yeah, I'm, st- I'm glad you stayed with me. So I'll tell the story when I, she I didn't put in what she actually said. <laughs> yeah. Though, when you were trying to listen I, to that interview. I, I won't say it either, but um i paraphrased i I accurately paraphrased but she she had a little stronger feeling about the uh the Derek brooks interview she wasn't thrilled with that so (laughs) cool well thanks so much for hanging out man we'll we'll get you back on here at some point but i appreciate you bud awesome thanks guys thanks andy so for those that haven't heard we uh Oh gosh, I didn't mean to do all this. So for those that haven't heard, the reason I got started with the Big Three Roll was because we were driving around on Thanksgiving one year and those guys were interviewing Derek Brooks and they were they were interviewing him on one phone and holding up another phone to it to like record it. And I'm talking like, I know our audio is not always perfect. I mean, it's pretty good, but like our audio is not always perfect, but this was like the worst audio you've ever heard. And so it's like a with two NFL hour. Hall of Famer. <laughs> yeah, with Super Bowl or NFL MVPs, you know, Super Bowl champion, Hall of Famer. And so anyway, we're driving all around town. It was kind of like a four Christmases. It was four Thanksgivings, I guess. My my parents are divorced and my wife's parents are divorced. And so we're just driving around all day listening to the big three roll. It wasn't even the big three roll up at that point. And uh he was like, do we have to listen to this? You know? And I was like, yeah. So anyway, so I reached out to them and said, you guys are great, but your audio is terrible. So can I help you out with that? And so long story short. Um, yeah. I'm going to be pissed off if Florida gets in. Now that said, I mean, I don't have Florida winning this game, so I, I'm not super worried about it. I, I think Alabama does end up winning, but yeah, we start off the interview with that. I don't think that Florida deserves to get in. I, I think that, you know, the regular season is not important. You know, Florida's win if, if Florida's win against Alabama can jump them over AM, it may as well just jump them over Alabama too. You know, like just if that's the case, if it's, if it's just about who your best win is, then, you know, make it like, uh, like Kings in the old days. If you win, you, you get their land, right? Like Florida beats Alabama, just put Florida one, you know? So that's obviously going to be facetious with that. But yeah, I hope that doesn't happen. Um, Florida State plays this weekend, the primer to the primer. I heard Richie say that Duke, I'm sorry. Notre Dame Clemson was the primer Florida State does play this weekend they're a six and a half point dog to Wake Forest uh and he's right Wake has had some games they look pretty good in some games they didn't look very good in um and hopefully they don't look very good against us I'd really like to pick up this win get to four and six and then I've heard some rumblings that there could be a potential bowl game in the works if Florida State's able to pull out a win a lot of ACC teams backing out of bowls and so yeah I'd like to I'd like to go to one. I think those practices would be massive. I think that time for the team to be around each other would be huge. Um, you know, early signing day is already over, so you don't really have that in there to worry about. What are you guys' thoughts on Wake Forest this weekend? I think it's tough, just like um, you guys were saying, because I've seen games where they put up a lot of points and then games where they lay, lay eggs. So what team are we going to see? If, if we see that team that puts up points, then we know that Wake Forest always plays their best game against Florida State. For some reason, the defense comes out, they're firing on all cylinders. 
So it may end up being a, a crazy dog fight. But if they come out there and lay an egg, we got a chance. We got a chance. I think we're going to be able to expose them a bit if they lay an egg. But they come out firing on all cylinders, which I expect them to be able to do. It's going to be it's going to be a tough one. They, and they always challenge us when we're over there. So I think it's going to be a, it's going to be a dog fight. And I think they got right now a few more playmakers than we got. So we want to find find a way to win late in this game if we have a chance. Yeah, man, that that wake offense is legit like that. They're really good, uh, not just for ACC standards. They can move the ball. They score a lot of points. The defense, on the other hand, uh, that's the bright spot for Florida State because Wake's defense is not great. Um, teams can move the ball on them. They, they hit explosive plays. You know, it, they're not great at the defending the rush or the pass, either one. So I, I do think Mike Norvell and the offense can put a pretty good game plan together and put up some points and yards up against this team. But that wake offense scares me because this Florida state defense, like we go back to last weekend, Duke is not good. You know, Miami shut them out. That, that, that offense has not been good and they still put up 35 on us. I, I think wake is going to put up a lot of points and man, it, it might be like the race to 35 uh, for this one. I, I'm not sure. It's I, I'm nervous about it because wakes offense is that good. And our defense has not improved at all. As far as I'm concerned this year. Yeah, Wake's, Wake was off for quite a while and just played last week. They were off for almost a month, much like we were. Their last game was on November 14th, and then they played Saturday the 12th, the same day that we played Duke. Uh, lost 45-21 to 21 to Louisville. Not a very impressive showing. Um, I, don't, I didn't watch that game. Richie, I don't know if you caught any of it or not, um, but not a super impressive showing by them. It looks like the layoff kind of hurt them. Louisville's not a great team either, so um, obviously they didn't have to play as weak of opponent as, or they had played a tougher opponent than we did. But we'll see, man. I, I'd like for, uh, you know, I'd like the win. I'd like to get to four and six, and then play in a yeah. bowl game, and 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 have a chance to get to five and six. And I think that's a really, I mean, that's really good for how it started, right? Like to go on a three zero run to finish the year. Um, Going into that Clemson weekend before the game got canceled, I didn't think we'd win another one all year. I thought we'd finish it two and two and eight, two and nine. So finishing at five and six, I mean, obviously that's not what we wanted to start the year, but um, pretty good. I think that uh, what I want to see out of FSU more than just a win is uh, like Kirk has talked about, like we saw on Saturday and we talked about on Sunday, uh, you know, we're going to get punched in the mouth. And that sounds terrible to say against Wake Forest. Um, that's frustrating that, that we even think that way against a team like Wake Forest, but we're going to get punched in the mouth. I don't know if that's because we're going to have a lead and, and they're going to start to come back like, like Duke did this weekend, or if that's because they're going to take a, a 21 to 10 lead on us or, or just whatever, you know, I, I'm really not sure there, but Florida state's going to have to battle some kind of adversity. This will not be the cakewalk that Duke was. And even with that Duke cut it to a seven point game and had first and 10 from the 20. So uh, from our 20. So that's what I want to see out of FSU. I want to see FSU fight, stay competitive. I don't want this game to snowball into what the uh, Louisville game was, what the Miami game yeah. was. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I'd like, I, I, do I want to see a loss? Absolutely not. If I saw a loss where we really fought and were competitive and it looked like the Notre Dame game or it looked like something similar to that or the, even the North Carolina game, but then we ended up coming out on the losing side. I mean, that's one thing, but I want to see FSU fight. I want to see the young guys get in and get burned. 
and uh, you know, hopefully everybody's healthy and we can finish this season up. Uh, do we want to do? We can do score predictions now. Are we doing that with over? Yeah, we can do score predictions now, right? Yeah, that's all. Uh, I forgot what I picked. One of you guys want to go first? Yeah, I'll start it. Um, unfortunately, you know, Florida State, we've been much better at home than on the road this year. That Wake Forest offense is good, not just against bad teams. They have a good offense. I, I think they outscore us. Um, I'm sadly going to take Wake Forest 38, Florida State 31, and uh, we'll see what happens. I hope I'm wrong. What about you, Freddie? Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. Um, this Wake Forest offense scares me. Um, my defense, they've had their struggles all season, um, even against a, a struggling Duke team. And Wake Forest, they have issues on their side. So I think this game is going to end up being a shootout from what I've seen this year. And But I think they'll edge this out in the end. Like forty-one thirty-five, my prediction. I have. I you guys suck. I'm taking FSU thirty-four <laughs> twenty-eight. Last time of the year, I get to pick for FSU. Uh, I don't care if I'm wrong or not. I have nothing to back that up. Just give me the Knowles to win because I'm a better fan than uh, Richie and Freddie. Hey, uh, we're, hey, we're, we're not going to preview it, but we're not previewing this game because it's UCF. But what's your predictions for the Florida State UCF game on Saturday night at nine o'clock? My goodness, that does not make me happy. Uh, I got the Knowles winning big in that one. I think the Knowles win something like I'm trying to scroll up and find my prediction. You had a 78, 78 to 64. 64. Yeah, yeah. So I've, I've got us winning by, I, you know, I have no idea. I don't know what the spread's going to be on that, but that feels about accurate. UCF's not great. Yeah. Um, so I, I like FSU to win fairly comfortably there yeah. by 14. They did beat Auburn, but I'll, I'll still take Florida State in this one as well. Um, I think I had us at 81 to 69. So I think anywhere between like a 9 to 11 point win is probably most likely. Uh, and we'll see what happens. What about you, Freddie? Yeah, I think we'll win convincingly. I think we'll have control of this game, the entire game. It may get close at a few points throughout the game, but we'll be able to pull away late again and then win comfortably. I got us winning somewhere around the range, seven, six, 63. Let's go. I'll take it. I'd like to get to four and oh, I don't care if it's one point. I just want to see the ham train keep rolling. And uh, man, the basketball team is a lot of fun to watch. <laughs> um, going back to the weight game, we just totally forgot this. What are our over-unders for, how did we do last week and, and, and what's going on this week? Um, all right so done last, after this week? are we done after this week or are we going to do it into the well yeah i guess we are done because yeah I mean, this this is it bowl. like i'm not doing random bowl games and stuff um but you can, do week, our, you can do our bowl game yeah i'll, I'll do one for our but if we go to a bowl game we'll definitely do an over under for that okay. um but going back to last week florida state versus duke we had jordan travis 275.5 total yards we all took the over we all hit florida state 155.5 rushing yards we all took the over we all hit uh, Florida State three and outs, four and a half. And it looks like me and Freddie took the over. We hit TJ. I'm sorry. I'm counting these turnovers as part of. Three no outs. way. No, 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 no. How <laughs> I'm, many I'm, we do without the turnovers? Uh, we're counting them. Uh, no Scott, way. What? Scotty Barnes. Now, Scotty Barnes, five, I'm, five, I'm, and five. TJ's the only one who took the under, and he got it right because Scotty hit on two of them, but had like, I think two assists or something. So he just missed that. Very good. And then Florida State, 75 and a half points. I'm the only one who took the over and I hit that because I knew we were going to drop as many points as we wanted on those fools. So for the season, 
This is big. It's coming down to TJ and Freddie. So TJ's at 35. Oh, yeah, Freddie's at 34. Because you have to cheat to get I'm it. at 30. And you already get this week. TJ, you need to calm down, man. What what's the what's the totals again? I'm still triggered that you cheated on this. <laughs> so TJ, you have 35, Freddie has 34, and I have 30. I was only up by one last week. You were up by two last week, but uh Freddie got you on uh, an extra Freddie Freddy got- had four. You had three this week. No, you said I got you said Freddie didn't get the over on the basketball game, and you said I was the only one to get uh the Scotty Barnes thing. So me and Freddie canceled each other out. Freddie, we got a guy on here doing this that, are, that can't do math. No, my math is accurate. And we'll wait. go into this week. And I'll, I'll, I'll show you the math later, but trust me, it, it's accurate. Wait, so Freddie got, hold on. We got to back this up. Freddie got Jordan Travis over, but we all got that, right? And then Freddie yeah. got, what was the next one? We all got the second one too. Oh, you're right. You're actually, you're right. Freddie got three. <laughs> Sorry, Freddie. I told you this guy. It's amateur hour over here. And really, you only got two because the turnovers don't count for that. Turnovers aren't three and outs. What, what, what kind of math is this? That's like saying how many punts are you going to force, and then you get a turnover, so you're like, oh, well, we're going to count that as two because the team gave the ball. No, we're, we are counting a turnover in the first three plays of a possession as a three and out. I'm sorry. It's, that, And I, I think mean, most people will agree with us, just like most people agreed with me that Die Hard is a Christmas movie, and you refuse to acknowledge that. Is a turnover. <laughs> The same as a three and out. Fred, do you watch Die Hard yet this year? No, I haven't watched it this year. Nah, you need to, man. It's a great Christmas movie. Get you in the spirit. I'm watching. I'm gonna take it up. I've been watching <laughs> the Grinch like 30 times a day. Oh, uh, with Jim Carrey? No, nah, the, the the other Grinch. The animated dog. one? Yeah. Oh, there you go. Yeah, you like that one. Yep. yeah I'm, I'm the guy in his 30s without kids, so I'm just watching Die Hard. <laughs> <laughs> Drinking wine every night, so. Uh, it's definitely not three and out based on. All right. Well, we'll, but, we're not going to waste go any time with this. Let's just go into this week's. Richie's <laughs> such a cheater. Go ahead. Let's go into this week. Jordan Travis, 67 and a half rushing yards. TJ, what you at? Over. Freddie. If he yeah. runs for, if he runs for one of those, like hopping on one leg, Richie, like you can't just count like something else. Just. <laughs> know. I got you. Freddie, what do you think? Um, I, yeah, I like him to go. All right. I'm going to go under just because I'm desperate. Uh, Florida State, 28 and a half points. I think we already gave our score predictions. So, over. TJ, were you over or under? Over. Freddie, you were over as well, right? Yeah, I like over. I think we were all over on that one. I went a little low, but that's okay. So, this is the one we have not done this year. I said Wake Forest, 40% third down conversion rate. I'm going to say over. See, I'm not even picking – I'm not even picking one for this because what if they throw a turnover on third down? Like I just can't. We like they throw a turnover. They'll throw <laughs> Freddy, a turnover, on, turnover on second down, and you'll count that for us. All right, how about this, TJ? Non turnovers, <laughs> non turnover third down plays for Wake I like Forest. them. I like them over forty percent. Sorry, defense. All right, Freddie. Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna take the over as well. All right, my next one, and I'm gonna go under here i think he's gonna have a huge game but i have scotty barnes at 14 and a half points for ucf freddie what do you think 14 and a half yep uh, i'll take over all right how about you tj yeah i think he i think he kind of goes off their athletes aren't as i mean these aren't yeah over 
All right. And I didn't know we were doing score predictions before the over under. So this is a little redundant, but I had um, uh, Florida state at 73 and a half points versus UCF. I obviously went over. Remind me where you guys went. I think I had 78. So I think I'm over too. All right. Freddie, you over two. You said 78 and a half. No, 73 and a half. Yeah, I'm over. I took 76. All right. So we're all over. It. All right. So the TJ and Freddie are over on all five. I'm over on three of the five. So I'm not going to win the season, but uh, actually the picks just locked up TJ as the season winner for over-unders. So well, we got the that. ball game. We got the ball game too. That's true. Rich, Richie, I mean, the good news is you did finish top three. So, you know. Hey, I'll, I'll take what I can the, get. You're on the podium at least. <laughs> um. It's like that meme with like the bald blonde fat. Oh my God. Like, yeah. Like chugging the champagne and then it goes back and it says he's in third place. First and second. Yeah. Are looking at him like, what are you doing? Um, so we did our picks. We did the over-unders. We, I don't know that we had a ton more. Um, we, t- we were talking about signing day before Andy came on. We can wrap up there and then I think we're good for the night, but um, yeah. signing day saw, I mean, obviously we all kind of mentioned guys that we're excited about, but you know, Milton is going to be the guy this year that, that I think most people are is, are excited about. We talked about him a lot on Sunday once he put that announcement out. Um, his announcement really capped off just a fantastic weekend for FSU. He's and, by far the biggest pull for the this recruiting class. And make no mistake, he is part of this recruiting class. And that's why I mentioned early in the show, people are upset because Florida State, they finished 31st in the country. Well, they purposely left open about 10 spots just to go to the portal. Because if they had taken all high school kids, they would have had a top 20 class. But they know we need help instantly for next year in the portal. So they're leaving spots open. So, again, I the, the, I do not give the staff an A or, or even a B plus, but maybe a B minus, depending on what the portal looks like. Because I think, you know, that's you have to understand where you are as a program. Yeah, this isn't the Jimbo Fisher years where he signed in a top two class every year for five straight years. I do think we need to improve um, on some things. And I think that will be something that Florida State will do successfully next year. I hate to push off an entire class, but I do think it'll kind of get better and better. Mike even talked about that when we were up there last year, that they've really only been able to have kids on campus for the last couple of weeks and uh, not having those relationships established at Florida state because he had just gotten to FSU right before the pandemic hit, Uh, you know, Florida and Miami staffs and, and other teams staffs have been consistent for the last couple of years and they had relationships with kids developed. And so, you know, Mike being able to pull McKenzie Milton, shows that he can pull elite talent and so uh, we would hope that we continue to see that we get a few more transfers some immediate impacts guys we've seen both florida and miami have some success with um kind of immediate impact transfers and so hopefully mike norvell can find some of those guys as well and and we can kind of do some work there to kind of bridge the gap until next year's class which which is detrimental for him it does need to be a really really good class and so we'll, we'll kind of see what that looks like. Um, Which real quick, TJ, um, of the transfer portal last year, Florida State got a guy, Devontae Love-Taylor. He was probably our most consistent offensive lineman all year. He was a senior. He just announced he is coming back for another year. So I think that's a pretty big deal that when you have a solidified, proven 
starter on the offensive line coming back. That's that's a huge deal to me. I don't know if you guys saw the news or what your thoughts were when that happened. Yeah, I thought it was big. Um, him coming back, I didn't really know where he, where he stood, whether or not not he come back or not. And just um, him coming back and bringing that experience back another year, um, being the lead guy on that, that group is just major, especially with a young guy like Orr coming in, being able to watch a guy like that. Um, and then just seeing, I know he'll take, he was solid for us this year and he'll be able to take a even bigger step next year with Coach Atkins. So I'm excited to see where he, how he grows. Yeah, con- continuity along that offensive line is so massive. And so uh, the offensive line looked good at times this year, a lot better than I think we thought. And so I think it'll be huge there. We had a couple of guys transfer out uh, Richie, do you have kind of the breakdown there on the guys that are no longer with FSU? Yeah, I mean, the, the big one is LaDamian Webb. And, uh, you know, he's someone who I, I came on here multiple weeks after games and said he was my MVP of the offense because I'm i a huge fan of the kid. Like, I even now that he's gone, like, I, I wish him nothing but the best. It sounds like he was unhappy with the the amount of carries he was getting here. And, you know, the, of course, that's easy to say, oh, yeah, sour grapes. No, like he went to Troy. Like he didn't go to Auburn. He didn't go to Alabama or anywhere else. He, he went to Troy. I think it was a combination of being closer to family. I believe he has a kid and he wants to be the feature back, which doesn't make a lot of sense to me because if you're a college back long term, you want to get like 12, 14 carries a game and save that mileage on you. I, I know Freddie can speak to that better than any of us. Um, but I, I certainly wish him nothing but the best. It doesn't sound like it, it was a sour relationship between Florida State and Webb. It just sounds like he wants to be the guy and he wants to be close to home. So nothing but the best. Like, I hope hope you kill it and, and get a chance in the league, uh, LaDamian Webb. But unfortunate. But what did you guys think about that one? Yeah, um, if it's um, his family situation, I can understand that. But if it's about him being a man and getting more um, carries – like you said, guys don't – the competitive side kicks in, but if you're thinking long-term, man, and these coaches, these scouts are looking at you, these guys that have little – as low as many miles on them as possible, those are the guys that you want. So when you look at Devontae Freeman when he came out, scouts loved him because he always had to work his way in. He didn't have that many miles on him. And they, they saw what he was able to do, so they figured, all right, we give him more opportunities – then we know he'll be able to shine, to shine and excel at this level. Guys that have all those miles, some some schools get some scouts get scared off because now you have more risk for injury, things of that nature. But um, he's he's a, he's a good player. Um, we w- I wish him the best, and I, and I know he'd go over there and shine. But just thinking long term, it just I didn't really understand it if that was just the, the biggest part of his decision. Um, we had a couple other guys transfer out as well. Richie, do you have those in front of you? You want to get into them? We can be quick on them. Yeah, I don't, I don't have them in front of me right now. And not to sound dismissive at all, but there's really not – none of these guys leaving are, are, are big hits to the program right now. I, I think Webb was the biggest hit because I do think he had the potential to be a all-team ACC. I, I really think he was that good. Um, the rest of them opting out. And I, I know Warren Thompson has not opted out yet officially or transferred yet. Um, everything I'm hearing he's, he's done as well. So there's going to probably be five or six more Florida state players currently that leave the program. Uh, and that's part of a transition with a new coach and a pandemic, which is just 
you know, unprecedented. You can't deal with that. So there's going to, this roster as it is today, if you, even if you include the high school signees, it's going to look so much different by summer of next year that it's, there's plenty of other Florida state podcasts you can get into and, and get into the weeds about that, but I'm, I'm not wasting my time <laughs> researching every last one. I'm with it. So I think that's it for us tonight. Um, we talked about signing day. We talked about some of the transfers. We talked about Florida state wake. Um, I'm excited for Richie's basketball minute on Sunday. Best. <laughs> it's the best part <laughs> the podcast in my opinion like yeah, it's good like Richie goes I, I listened to that like three times bro on Monday morning so uh I even cut it up and put it on YouTube so if you guys are lazy and don't want to listen to an hour podcast you can just listen to the three minute thing um Freddie's extra sauce segment last one of the year unless we go to a bowl game will drop on Monday most likely as long as we don't have any technical difficulties like we had this week knock on wood um and you can and we would appreciate you hitting us up everywhere on social media, Facebook, Twitter, um, YouTube, Instagram. It's all double fries pod. And if you can go to patreon.com slash double fries pod, you can qualify for some pretty unique stuff there. Um, in fact, well, let me talk with these guys about it before I just start giving stuff away again, but um, sign up for our Patreon just because you like us and we're trying to do a lot of work for you. Appreciate the boosters. Um, Freddie and I hung out with some of them yesterday. Really, really cool time up at Dope Campbell in the Champions Club. We watched a little bit of high school football, got to see a state championship game, and then hung out with Coach Norvell and spoke with uh, who we talked with, Freddie. We talked with uh, Odell. We talked with uh, our Coach Dugans came by. We hung out with Greg Jones. We, um, um, we got Coburn. Uh, um, yeah, David Coburn who, was there. Who did we talk to? Is the question. Yeah, it was it was deep out there. We uh, Greg Jones was there. Brian McFadden was there. So we had all the guys. TJ Bonasort was there, and uh, so it was cool to hang out with everybody for sure. Um, but appreciate all the momentum that's still been going on with the boosters. You can sign up anytime. Um, but if you can get it in by the end of the year, you do get. I mean, your booster donation is. Um, a tax write-off. So check that out and um, go to, go to the boosters website, one dot FSU.boosters. Sheesh, I should know what this is. Let me not screw it up. Um, boosters.fsu.edu and sign up. You can sign up for just $5 a month or you can give more than that. You don't have to be the absolute cheapest. You can give more than five bucks a month, um, which I would what encourage you, you to. Yeah. But I would encourage you to do that. But if you can do more than five, do that. Um, shout outs before we go. And then I forgot about Trey Rollins drive through. We got to watch that as well. And then we'll close out. Um, shout outs from you guys. Freddie, you got any? I don't think I got any shout outs this week. Yeah, I'm good. Yeah. Um, shout out uh, Pfizer, Big Pharma. I, I'm getting the COVID vaccine, guys, next week. I'm a little nervous, but I. Uh, I think it's embedded to the core and it's, I think it's important to take that step. So I think I'm going to do it. Uh, I'm a healthcare worker, so I, I have access to it, but that, that's all I have this week. You know, I'm excited for Christmas this uh, next week and uh, we'll do a show next week for sure. And, you know, hopefully maybe we get a bowl game. What about you, TJ? Um, my son turned six months old yesterday. That was fun. So I spent the whole day away from him, hanging out with Freddie. No, I'm just kidding. Um, 
but I really did. <laughs> uh, my son turned six months old yesterday, so shout out uh, little Bryant. Um, other than that, man, go Knowles. Hopefully we can get a win on Saturday. Hey, let's um, go 2-0 on Saturday again. Let's do it. Um, you guys both picked the song last week, so I think I'm going to take the song this week. <laughs> what do we got? Uh, you guys both had a song on Sunday. I will do – oh, man, I put that right in front. When Florida State wins, Florida and Miami both lose in both major sports. We get two songs like that. You I mean, that's only that way once ever but yeah i'm fine with that rule and we did two songs <laughs> with it so um i will go with man i don't even know i'll tell you when we get off here i'll i'll text it to harlan uh harlan let's do uh trey Rollins drive through and then you can end it and i'll text you a song for after the pod Aloha, akuma lakalekum, Knowles. This is Trey Rollins' drive-thru presented to you by Double Fries No Slaw. And, as you've just noticed, I've become fluent in Hawaiian in celebration of Florida State's new transfer quarterback, Mackenzie Milton. So, let me take this hat off. Uh, I'm wearing this dope-ass piece of uh, headwear because I'm freezing my nutsack off here in Iowa. But the Florida State news is on fire. Molten lava from the craters of Mount Kilauea. Got a lot of stuff to discuss. Before we do that, I'm very bad at pimping out my own stuff. I don't know if I've ever done that before. So go check out all my work on Tomahawk Nation, the best site for all Florida State shit. It's the best. Number one, go to Tomahawk Nation. Check out my triple option videos. I'm writing articles on Tomahawk Nation. Check it all out. I never pimp my own stuff. I'm a very humble, selfless man, but there we go. Pimpage. Listen, a lot of stuff happened. We'll just get into the McKenzie Milton news. Listen, he decided to go to Florida State. Big pickup. Guy came back from a horrific knee injury. Hopefully he's just been pumping his leg full of all of the illegal and best steroids that can be smuggled into the United States discreetly. Uh, there's been a lot of reports that he's been tearing it up on the scout team. Looks good. I'll trust Mike Norvell's judgment. I'm stoked about it. Kid, uh... Very accurate guy, quick release, experienced as hell, a tough, a veteran of the gridiron. Uh, just a great pickup, a great pickup that got Florida State a lot of national attention. And hopefully he's going to help out with, uh, don't know how much it's going to help out in the high school ranks, but I definitely think it's going to help out with kids in the transfer portal, which is pretty much what I'm going to be judging Mike Norvell's recruiting class on in 2021 more than ever. Speaking of recruiting, early signing days here. Just crack, like crack raining down from the heavens like mana for uh, for recruiting fans. And Florida State, I'm, I'm talking to you in the middle of early signing day right now from my beautiful parking lot here in South Central Iowa. But it's been a pretty good day for them all so far. They were able to secure signings from all of their class other than uh, offensive lineman Kimo Makaaneoli, which... Like I said, guys, I'm, I'm big on Hawaiians. I'm big on Polynesia in general. I'd like to keep him just because I'm a big Samoan lineman proponent here. Uh, he, isn't si- he hasn't signed yet. I mean, it's recruiting, so maybe by the time you hear this, he will. But they did, uh, they did do some good lockups today. They locked up four-star defensive back Marion Cooper. 
that was a weirdo Harbaugh and Michigan threat. Thwarted that dork off, no problems there. Signed big offensive tackle from Alabama, Rod Orr, that's a big one. Got a commitment, a new commitment from blue chip defensive end George Wilson out of Virginia, which is going to be a great pairing to the defensive line class, the Jesus line class with Patrick Payton from Miami. Thank you, committee. Glad we're allowed to recruit Miami again. Sean Bray Jackson, Joshua Farmer. We'll see what they do. So I thought it was a pretty solid, pretty solid day on the trail. There's still stuff to go. Early signing period lasts from Wednesday to Friday. Some names to look out for uh, JUCO, JUCO wide receiver Quay Davis. There was weird talk like Malik McLean, who decommitted and then was flirting with Lane Kiffin over at Ole Miss. He might come back. Who knows? Anything with Lane Kiffin, I have no idea. So that would be cool. Not expecting it. Running back Katravi and Hargrove, Destin Hill, wide receiver from Louisiana, guys that we kind of expect to hold off until February. But like I said, it's recruiting, so all bets are off, brother. Nobody knows what's happening. Um, yeah, it was good. It was good day for the polls, good day for the surprises, good day for the graphics, right? Florida State, come a long way from the days of the Martin Luther King choppy chop. Much better. They did a backyard football theme. I wrote about it on Tomahawk Nation. Go check out that article on the best Florida State football website that's ever existed. Double pimpage. That's a first for the Trey Rollins drive-thru. Check that out. And we got uh, got national plaudits from from guys who normally suck. Mike Farrell from Rivals. The, the coolest guy in the room, Darren Ravel, even liked it. So you know we did something good there. So we'll see what happens. Like I said, a, a class that I'm going to judge... On JUCOs and transfers mostly, but the first transfer we got, McKenzie Milton, solid. Graphics were good. Signed up most of the dudes. I'm pretty happy. You should be happy too, Nils fans. Not bad. We'll see where it goes from here. Uh, Duke. We played Duke. We fisted them brutally. It was awesome. Brendan Gant came in and just annihilated Chase Bryce and just, just broke him in half. Just threw him off the hell in a cell. Killed him. Florida State wins 56-35 to in a game where they were only favored by like three points. Lawrence Toafili went off like 17 yards of carry. Ja'Kai Douglas got his first touchdown as a null. Uh, Jordan Travis, excellent human being. Great athlete. Really want to see how they're going to integrate him in the office moving forward with uh, McKenzie Milton being in like next year. So we'll see. We play Wake this week or do we? It's COVID 2020. I think we'll play Wake. I don't know. Will we have a bowl game? I have no clue, but what I do know is thank you, Double Fries No Slaw, for giving me the chance to flap my gums a little bit. You guys have a great day. Go Knowles. He's a stubborn. Who 
sell out in the stores? You tell me who flop, who cop the blue drop, who jewels got box, who mostly goes down to the blue drop. The same old pimp, mace, you know ain't nothing changed but my limp. Can't stop till I see my name on the blimp. Guarantee me yourselves, pull a level up. You don't believe in Harlem world, nigga, double up. We don't play around, it's a bet, lay it down. Niggas didn't know me, 91, bet they know me now. I'm the young Harlem nigga with the Goldie sound. Can't no PD, niggas hold me down. Cooler, school me to the game, now I know my duty. Stay humble, stay low, blow like Hootie. True pimp, nigga, spin no dough on the booty. And you yell, there go mace, there go your cutie. Territory, man. A lot of people, it's just negative energy, like my man Puff say. P-I-G-P-O-P-P-A, no info for the DEA. Federal agents mad cause I'm flagrant. Tap myself and the phone in the basement. My team supreme, stay clean. Triple B, miracle dream. I be that. Catch a seat at all events, bent. Gats in holsters, girls on shoulders, play boy. I told ya, me and Mike to me, bruise too much, I lose too much. Step on stage, the girls boo too much. I guess it's cause you run with lame dudes too much. Me lose my touch, never that. If I did, ain't no problem to get the gap where the true players at. Throw your rollies in the sky, wave them side to side and keep your hands high while I give your girl an eye. Play it please. Lyric Lee, nigga C, B-I-G, B flossing, jig on the cover of Fortune, 5 double here's my phone number, your man ain't got the know, I got the dough, got the flow down, pizzack, platinum plus, like Zizak, dangerous, on Trizak, leave your ass pizzack. Oh, oh, oh. 